You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Create Photography Retreat. I'm so excited to be presenting at the Create Photography Retreat again in 2020. It's being held in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina, October 15th to 17th, when all the fall colors are going to be breathtaking. You can come join me and others from the Master Photography Podcast Network in interactive hands-on sessions and make some serious progress towards mastering your photography. If you're listening to this episode before midnight Mountain Standard Time on February 23rd, there is a President's Day sale going on. You can get $75 off the ticket price by using coupon code MP75, like Master Photography, MP75. Click on the link in the show notes and use coupon code MP75 to get $75 off. I would love to see you there. Welcome in to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I am Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and I'm alone again. I'm solo again this week, but hopefully you all are okay with that. You seem to be listening still, so, so that's good. I'm glad, glad you are. Thanks so much for listening. Quick software update status. I don't want to do this every time, but you know, as I get more information, I just have to include it. So I am going to take a tiny step back. Not enough that I'm going to rescind my photo taco seal of approval for macOS Catalina, but it's come to my attention in the Facebook group has brought up that uh, there's a problem with Time Machine. That's Apple's backup system for Mac. And uh, Catalina's having some struggles there still. So if you are using Time Machine as part of your backup system, I hope I didn't really mess you up by giving you the photo taco seal of approval and not communicating that. I, I didn't really know it was a problem. It's not a, a thing that I like using. I think there are other backup solutions that I like better where I, I have more control over how it's being backed up. Anyway, if you use Time Machine, you don't want to use Catalina yet. So wait if you use Time Machine. Other than that, things seem to be pretty good on Catalina and the creative software that I have seen. Um, if you, I, I'm not ready to give the photo taco seal of approval on Lightroom 9.2 yet either. That was released by Adobe early here in February, 2020. It's only been a week or a little less than a week. It's not quite had enough time. So I do expect it to be soon that I can give the seal of approval on that, but not quite yet. So just hang on and don't, don't hit that button just yet. If you can't afford any hiccups on that. And, you know, as a reminder, photo taco software updates, I have a page that has all of the current information. So if you're ever wondering what's Jeff's opinion right now on these software updates, just go to phototacopodcast.com and there's an updates status link in the menu option and you can do that or I'll put a link in the show notes. All right, today's topic. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm the guy on this podcast who is the technical geek, right? I'm, I'm the hobbyist that uh, really loves the technical aspects of photography. It's what I thrive on. It's what I'm best at. So that's that's part of kind of my niche, my, my thing that I do on the podcast. And I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> today, I've, I've got into some thinking and, and I, I want to do something that's more conceptual today or more about the artistic side of photography and and just kind of some thoughts that I've been having. 
So I hope that's okay with everybody. I don't know how well I will do with this. It's not really my forte. It's not my strength. But it's something I'm working on to become my strength because it's it's just as important, maybe more, probably more important than even the technical pieces. And the technical pieces are the things that come easier to me. So this is more of my challenge is getting more to the artistic side of things, thinking about things in that fashion. I, I tend so much towards the technical and I think there's a lot of photographers that go that way too. And and when you first get into photography, understanding or, or making sense of the technical is kind of a challenge. There's a lot of people that are swimming in technology and they're not, it's not their forte. And uh, maybe the arty, artsy part of it comes more naturally, but you have to get the technical side down too for it to really come together and enable you to create compelling images. So I'm going to give my, try my hand at the artsy side of things or, or the intellectual, the, the, just some thoughts here and we'll see what you think. And I'd love to have your feedback too. So when I, when I post this uh, in the Facebook group, love to have your comments. I'd like to hear what you think about it. I'd love to have comments. If you don't do Facebook, then, then go find the show notes, which by the way, again, the show notes are the links that I share in Facebook, or they are the links that are in the podcast player that you're using. If you poke around and you find like where the summary description is about the episode towards the bottom of that description, there's going to be a couple of links. If you just click on those, those are the show notes. That's what we're talking about. It's just a a blog post that's out on the website that is that accompanies the show. Those are the show notes. There's links in there that are very helpful. You can go find them. I also have front and center now, the menu option. If you go to masterphotographypodcast.com, right at the, the front there is it. there's a link. So there's show notes and it has all of them in uh, in the reverse chronological order. So the newest episode is the first thing there. And, uh, and you can see those, those show notes. Okay, so here's what I want to do today. This touchy-feely, artsy kind of, I don't know, higher level thinking sort of thing. I don't know what to call it exactly. But I had the opportunity this last weekend to get with some neighbors of mine. They are, it's a couple who are totally new to photography. And they bought themselves a camera this last Christmas. And then they've been on a cruise and they've been doing some other things. So we couldn't get together to talk about how to use this shiny new toy they bought for Christmas until this last weekend here in early February. So we finally got together. We had a few hours allocated. We, we went to dinner and then we were going to talk about photography. They're just like, we'd love to just have you tell us, like, get us started on this. What, how do we get going in doing photography starting from zero? And boy, it brings back a lot of memories. That was eight years ago now for me, which is a long time. I, I have a hard time believing it's been that long, but uh, it, it's just, I love teaching about photography. I love being able to share what I have learned with others and uh, getting them on the path towards doing it. It's just so much fun. It's part of why I, I hope you come to the retreat for a similar experience. Like you'd be able to, to come and learn with us as we're going through it. And I love being able to help someone who has struggled to get like their first flash photography photo and going into the model bays that we have there at the retreat and being able to help someone to get that first image where they actually have flash go fire and look good in their photo. It's so much fun. I love being able to teach it. And so it was really fun. We got, we got to sit down. I think we ended up about three hours that we got to talk about photography. I'm sure it ended up being like they're trying to drink from a fire hydrant. I was just spewing out so much information. 
And and I know that was a, a challenge. And I don't expect them to like, you know, that be the only session. We're, we're going to get together a lot and I'm going to help them. And it's just fun. I just enjoy it so, so much. We went over the exposure triangle that night. That that was the topic I decided to bring as the first thing to teach them. And uh, I think that's probably still the right direction, even though we're going to talk about some some other ways that that could have gone. I had my wife there too, which is so fun. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that she'll participate in things like this with me. And she helped me along the way as, as I would kind of go off. I try so hard to keep things in a really understandable format, uh, easy to use words and, and uh, answering questions too. If, if I can see like, oh, wait, they may not know that word yet. They don't have context for it. Let's go, let's backtrack and let's talk about that word, what it means and what we're doing and and uh, it was really helpful though to have my wife there too. So she'd be like, "Wait, hold on, that's that you you said that in a way that might be confusing. Let's talk about it in a different way." And it was good. It was really fun to have that feedback. I mean, I love being with my wife anyway, but it was fun to be able to be there. Um, I I share that here in this episode as a way to get you listeners thinking about what you would do in the same situation if you had a couple who just bought a brand new camera. It doesn't matter the camera. So I'm not going to tell you which one it was. Doesn't matter. But they bought a brand new camera. They spent, you know, some money on this thing. It wasn't cheap. And they want to learn how to use it. Like they're excited. They they are like, "Yes, I have I know I have a good camera and I did help them to figure out what camera to buy." given their situation and, and what their goals are and so on. I, I helped them with what camera I thought they should invest in. And but they they just had no idea how to use it. So how would you do that? What would be your approach to getting with them? If you just got done recommending what camera to use and then they said, okay, that's great. And they bought it. Now will you help us learn how to use it? How would you approach it? How you have three hours that you're going to get with them. How would you approach teaching them or getting them started into learning how to do photography? Now, I, I know some of you listeners are very skilled, very experienced, well past me. And you probably have already done this many times over and you have an approach, you have a way that you teach photography and that's, that's great. Um, I, I'm hoping that you'll listen still and, and because I'm going to pose a challenge to you and I'd love to have your feedback and have you share your knowledge and your experience with us in, in this kind of artsy feeling, <laughs> I don't know, the way that this topic is. Um, and for those of you who I, I know, we also have some listeners who are newer. I, I get messaged uh, about three or four times a week, either Facebook group people who say they just started to learn photography or emails or uh, tweets or what so, some means of contact. There's two or three people a week who are saying, I just found the podcast. I'm just starting to learn it. Thanks so much for the podcast because it's really helping me and which I, I love to hear. I, I really love to hear that the, the podcast is helping you to improve your and, and get down the, the road toward mastering your photography. It's it's fun to hit that, hit that feedback. Um, but in the court, after I had done this three hour session now, I, I just, it was stuck in my head. How would, is that really how I should have approached it? And it was the traditional approach is the thing I've done because I've done this a lot too. I've taught a lot of people how to get started in photography. I've done this uh, enough that I've got an approach, but in the moments that I had, as I was like, you know, driving carpool or making breakfast or whatever kinds of things are, I was just stuck in my head. Like if I had to summarize photography 
in one sentence, which is tough. There's so much to photography. That's a significant challenge to try to figure out summarizing it into one sentence. But if you had to start off this three-hour discussion with the same, like all of us that would could possibly do that, had to start off with one sentence, I'm going to give you most of the sentence and then you have to fill in the blank. I'm interested to know how you would fill in that blank or what you think. And I'm going to give you some potential options for how to fill it in. But here's the sentence that I came up with and that I've been thinking about. It's been stuck in my head ever since that three-hour session with this great couple. And that is, the sentence starts of, photography is all about, and then you have a blank. You get to fill in the blank. How would you fill in that blank? Photography is all about what? You only get one word, right? The rest of the sentence is fixed. You have to start off your three-hour training session, teaching session with this couple, and you have to start it off with photography is all about what? What would you, what would you put in there? Okay, so in thinking about this, um, one of the ways that you could come to an answer on this would be, what is it we spend most of our time as photographers talking about? What is it that we, when we get together, what do we talk about? When we go to the Create Photography Retreat, what are we going to spend time on at that retreat? What kinds of topics are there? That should be what photography is all about then, right? The, the things that we discuss the most, shouldn't those be the things that photography is all about? Are we spending time talking about the things that we think photography is all about? Because those, those are the things that are going to help us to improve. Those are the things that are going to help us towards mastering photography as an art is getting with each other and talking about what photography is all about. Okay, so I'm going to throw out a few options based mostly on this, the topics we tend to spend so much time on. And I'm going to tell you whether I think that's a good option to finish that sentence or not. And obviously, the first few will not be because <laughs> I'm going to lead up to what I have come to as my answer to that question And by the end. And I don't expect all of you to agree with me. That's not the point of this. The point is the thought process. The point is to think about this. And I'd love to have your ideas because I'm sure there's other ways that you could end that sentence that I'm not going to talk through in this episode. But I think it's a fun exercise and something that will, will be a fun discussion that we can have in Facebook and other places so that we can talk about it. So here's the first way that I think we could answer that question. And I think, and I'm bringing it up first because it's actually the thing I think we spend the most time talking about as photographers. And I think if, if you did nothing but just listened, if, if uh, like in the future, someone comes back to the past and they thought, okay, in 2020, what was it that people thought photography was all about? And, and the evidence for answering that question is going to be, what was it that they mostly did talk about? In what were the, the discussions? What was YouTube filled with? What, was, uh, what were blog posts filled with? What were podcasts filled with? What kind of topics was it? What did they think was most important about photography back then in 2020? And would they come to any other conclusion than it being about the gear? <laughs> we spent so much time talking about the gear. We're led there, right? Manufacturers are really pushing their gear. They have to. And it's become such a highly competitive environment now. And there are some companies that are struggling for their lives in, in photography. Some manufacturers are really struggling. 
and they're marketing like crazy to us. So that is influencing us. You have people who are sponsored by those manufacturers who are producing content. So it's topic there. Um, we have news that's mostly about gear. So that filters into the blog posts and YouTube and gear is a constant topic. And it's partially about gear, right? Of course it is. You have to have a camera to do photography. That means you have gear and people have to invest in that gear. This couple, I, I helped them figure out what gear that I thought would be like the best balance between cost and performance for them and what they're shooting and knowing they don't have any investment today. So it's wide open greenfield and the gear discussion is is a part of the discussion. Do any of you listening actually think that's the way you'd end your sentence? So if you're if you're starting off this conversation to teach this couple about how to do photography, would you start off saying, "Okay, photography's all about the gear?" No. None of us would start the conversation that way. We would not go there. That's that is not a thought any of us would have. That implies if you use the sentence that way, that implies all you need is to spend a bunch of money on a camera and you are going to create awesome images, compelling images, the images that you are seeing shared from photographers all over the place. All you have to do is buy this camera and you're good to go. If that were true, then that that sentence would be true. Photography is all about the gear. And you wouldn't need us here at Master Photography. You wouldn't need training on YouTube. You wouldn't need anything else. You just go buy that camera. You push the easy button and you're good to go. And that is clearly not the case. Obviously, photography is not all about the gear. It's an element. It's a necessary element. It can be an important element, especially after you get some of the other aspects I'm going to go through in a second down. It can be the gear that's holding you back. I just think, and I've said this so many times on the podcast here, the gear is almost always not the thing limiting your the quality of your images. It's your knowledge, your skill, your experience, and potentially your lens. <laughs> but the camera body is way down the list on things that are affecting negatively affecting your images and limiting you from producing the the content, the, the images you want to produce. So it's not a good answer. It's definitely not the way I would have. I, and I knew I, I would never have gone in with that being the answer. It's so interesting, though, to me, how much time we spend on that topic when that is not the answer about what photography is all about. We spend too much time there because it's not even close to the most important thing about photography. And I think that this whole thought exercise that we're going through is, is illustrative of that. All right. So the next way that I think we could answer that question, again, based on how much we talk about it, this one, though, is a little more applicable, I think, or has more reason to be the, re the thing that we talk about a lot. And that is answering the question this way. If you started off that three-hour session, you said, okay, photography is all about the exposure triangle. All right. The exposure triangle as an answer there. Yes, I could see starting off a discussion where someone's starting from ground zero, learning about photography by saying it's all about the exposure triangle. In fact, that's where we talked about three hours that night. That's where I went. It's, it is the thing that I start to teach first. And I, I don't think that's the wrong way to approach it. 
I think as somebody's learning photography, starting with the exposure triangle is, is a good way to start the learning process, start getting it so that they can learn how to create the, the images they want to create. So I started off with aperture. I personally think that's the component that is most important in the exposure triangle and the one that photographers th should think of first followed very very closely by shutter speed but it's number two for me and then the last the last ditch like you only do it if you can't get there any other way kind of thing would be iso and and increasing the iso so it's not really a triangle that much as the two things and then a last resort like last ditch effort to to save your exposure when you don't have enough light uh, it certainly feels very true to me then that a firm understanding of the exposure triangle is a fundamental thing a person needs to have in order to create compelling images especially having the ability to evaluate like the scene in front of them and know exactly how they're going to use the exposure triangle to attack the scene take over take control of the scene not be like reactive and just trial and error and like, well, that didn't work. Let's try this. No, that didn't work. Let's try that. I mean, there's a little of that, but mostly you're going to be like, I know what I want to do with this scene and how I'm going to attack it. And I'm going to make, yes, my first try at some settings may not be right, but I'm going to be there in seconds because I know how to utilize that exposure triangle and just get control over this scene and not miss the shot. I think it's I think starting with the exposure triangle is the right way to go, but I don't think we can finish the sentence that way. I mean, the exposure triangle, mastering that so that, and and learning how to use your camera so that the camera becomes a tool, the same way a painter needs a paintbrush as a tool, uh that's important. It's super important. It's probably the place to start for someone who's just getting going. But I, it's not all about the exposure triangle, right? I, I think you'd all agree with me. That's not it. Again, that implies that if you just get that down, you are going to create compelling images. And yes, that's somewhat true. Somewhat true. Uh, you, you could get some really good images by making sure you have really learned how to use your camera and that you've mastered the exposure triangle. Yes, that, that gives you a massive advantage in being able to create compelling images, realizing a creative vision, and being able to come up with the images that you're really excited about. For sure, that's true. So we're getting closer with ending and putting that in the end of the sentence. But I don't think that's, I think there's a better answer. I think there's a better answer. So the next one, again, based on like, you know, how much we talk about things, what we talk about. The next one I came up with is photography is all about composition. Um, I think it's a very natural next thing after exposure triangle to be able to say that is the thing that's going to most impact the quality of the images you create. After you get the exposure triangle down, you know exactly how you want to attack a, a scene and get the right exposure that's going to lead to you creating the image you've envisioned Composition's the next thing that really makes a difference between technically competent photo and one that is compelling. There's a difference between those two things. Someone who's mastered the exposure triangle, they can get a technically competent photo. It's exposed properly. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's compelling. 
And composition is really kind of the thing that takes that those images to that level. I think it makes sense then that photographers would talk a lot about composition, just like I think it makes sense that photographers talk a lot about exposure triangle. It's a piece of the puzzle you have to get down while you're shooting in order to get the best results. Even with the capabilities we have today to do things on the computer, we're going to talk more about that in a second. The distance that you stand from your subject, the angle you shoot the subject at, the focal length that you choose, these are all elements of composition that have a tremendous impact on the quality of the image. And composition is also a subject I think is hardest to both teach and learn. When you first get started with photography, it feels like learning the exposure triangle is a big thing. You know, the, that couple in those three hours, they were drinking from the fire hydrant. It was a lot of information and you aren't used to the words. You're not used to talking about it. It is a big, big topic to hand, to take on. But I think it's it's pretty clear about how to teach. I think a lot of people have the capability to both teach it and learn it. Exposure composition, or sorry, exposure triangle as a topic, I think is way easier to learn and to master versus composition. It takes some time to learn and get fast enough so you can deal with the exposure triangle and you won't miss the shot but it's, it's easier than composition. You can take two photographers, have them shoot exactly the same thing, both having mastered exposure triangle, but with, with, only, with one of them mastering composition and the other not really knowing what that is or how to do it, the one that knows composition is way more likely, far more likely to produce really compelling images, images that we, I think all of us would judge as saying are better versus the one who has mastered comp, um, the exposure triangle, but really has no idea what to do with composition. It, it's, it's that important. And we've studied the masters of art that have come through history, right? Versus, you know, people Renaissance all the way up through contemporary artists who really mastered this. We've studied what they do and we've tried to come up with some guidelines because this is such a difficult thing to teach and to learn. We've come up with some guidelines to try to help. We have like the rule of thirds or the golden ratio. We have even spacing. We have leading lines and framing and symmetry. And all of those kinds of things have, have come to help us with that and make us provide us guides that we can use to, to teach things. And then you use examples from your own work if you're a teach if you're teaching about how you can make decisions or why you can make decisions on where to put a subject in the scene and and why you shot with a certain focal length and why you chose a, a certain distance between you and the subject. All of those things come together. And as you understand what it is that is more pleasing to us as humans and how we can um, take both the exposure triangle so that we get the good exposure, the proper exposure, and combine that with making sure we frame things well and in a pleasing way, now we're really starting to produce some images. Now we're, we're really starting to, to, to go to a scene and we know how to attack it from the exposure triangle and we know how to attack it from a composition so that we increase our chances of creating compelling images significantly, have far fewer that we have to throw away or we have a, 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 an explanation about why it is we like this photo better than that photo. And that's a compelling, compelling answer. But to say photography is all about composition, again, that implies, like if you only learn that, 
then you're going to produce really good images. And you certainly still have to have exposure triangle. That's still a part of it. You still have to have a camera. So all of these things are parts of the puzzle. Some of them a bigger part. Composition may be a much bigger part of creating high highly compelling images than the others. So we're getting closer. We're honing in on what photography is all about. But I don't think that's the answer still. I don't think I could have started off that conversation about saying photography is all about composition. But we're going to spend the next three hours talking about <laughs> exposure triangle. Yeah, it doesn't work. Is there a better one? I think so. I think I have a better answer. We'll see what you think about it. I'm interested to know. All right, the next one, I, I have one more that's not what I think it should be. And then I'll tell you what my answer is to that this question or this answer. Okay, so photography is all about, well, let's see. How much time do photographers spend talking about and learning about post-processing? Isn't that a constant topic that we have too? Shouldn't that be a possible answer here then? Do we we talk about post-processing a lot? Like exposure triangle, I don't think anyone here would agree that this statement is true. None of us would would say, even regardless of context, regardless of whether it was just before that three-hour teaching session with this couple completely new to photography, or you're talking to a, a bunch of photographers who are experienced, none of us in either situation or any context would say photography is all about post-processing. It implies, again, like if as long as you learn how to post process the images on your computer, it doesn't matter about anything else. That's what that implies. And we none of us would agree with that at all. In fact, that is the exact opposite attitude that we should have about photography. Ending the sentence with post-processing is, is just not great. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a strong proponent of using everything available to realize your creative vision. Some images are not possible without some good post-processing. One of those kinds is one of the genres of photography I like the very best at this point in my journey towards mastering photography is composites. I love doing composites, maybe because Doing a good composite means mastering all three of the things that I've talked about, or all four of the things that I've talked about here. You have to do a really good job with the exposure triangle. You have to do a really good job with, com with uh, composition. You have to do a really good job with post-processing. You have to, uh, to, to really, and you have to have good gear. So all of those things that come together and to, to make a composite, to make it something that looks good. It's, it's some composites, the goal is to make it so it doesn't look like it was composite at all. The ones that I do, that's not the goal. The ones that I do are, are mostly like athletes and putting them on a really cool background where, you know, they have their name, their number, their jersey, whatever, the team logos, the colors, and, and so on. Making it look like, you know, a, a mag, ESPN magazine or something like that, something, a, a photo that would be in one of those. And, uh, and, and that, I love producing those images. I love creating those images. It's so much fun. And maybe because it's something where you, you do have to get far enough down the path towards mastering photography that you're pretty competent across all the things that I've talked about today. Maybe that's why I like it. Anyway, I, I'm, none of us would answer the question this way. None of us would say this is the right answer. 
that po- that photography is all about post processing. I am 99% confident that if you pointed me towards a recent photo you think is exceptional, that's a photo that's been processed on the computer by someone pretty skilled in post processing. It is an important aspect of photography here in 2020. It's something that you can't ignore or most of us can't ignore. There are certainly photographers who are successful, who uh, provide a service, and usually it's like a s- extremely fast turnaround time. But I've even s- met some portrait photographers who they do nothing on the computer. They th- The only part that they do on the computer is it's a necessary evil as a path to get it from the memory card on the camera onto the computer so they can upload it to a website and deliver or print uh, photos. And they are very successful that way. So it's not to say that everything requires post-processing. Certainly, if you can be really good at the other things that I've talked about, there's less of an emphasis on post-processing. But I, I really think in order to to make create some of the images that we see here in 2020, it's, it is an important aspect. But I think we can all agree that's not how you'd end this sentence. That's not the way you would start off that three-hour session with this couple for sure. And it's not the way you'd end the sentence probably in any context. So how would you end the sentence? What is the right answer? Well, that's, <laughs> I shouldn't put it that way because I don't think there is necessarily a right answer. I think we've gone through some possible answers that I don't think capture the essence of the thought with those answers to this point. So the answer that I have been thinking about, the one that, that's been stuck in my head for several days now after that three-hour session teaching this couple brand new to photography about exposure triangle. I I really wish that I'd started that three-hour session off with the, the sentence that I'm thinking of now, what I've come to. Um, if I am forced to sum photography down into that one simple sentence, and that's like a big, big ask. It's it's oversimplified. It can't communicate everything you need to. It's, it's going to take hours and hours of discussions with these couple to really get them moving towards being good photographers. But if I had to boil it down into a single sentence, here's how I think I would answer. I would end the sentence today. As my current thought here in February 2020, I reserve the right to change it <laughs> as I continue to think about it and as I continue to learn or as I get feedback from you all as you as you offer suggestions on how you would finish the sentence, maybe I will uh, change my mind and think your answer is better. But for me, the best answer I could come up with right now, I wish I would have started off that three-hour discussion saying, photography is all about light. And I don't think that's going to be shocking to anybody. I'm probably using that word. I'm probably putting light in the end of that sentence because of other things that I have learned and read and and gone through over the last eight years. Maybe someone's even said that very thing to me. Photography is all about light. That could be the case. I've read so much and, and learned from so many people. I couldn't tell you, you know, a specific person that may have said that. Um, but I think that might be the best way that I can think of to end that sentence right now. Because I, I think in saying that, that allows you to be able to talk about all of the things that are important to capturing that light. That means the camera's there. It's an important aspect about capturing the light. 
what capabilities does that camera have for catching the light, capturing the light? And for your genre of photography you're most interested in, there may be some key aspects about the gear that are critical for you being able to capture the light for that genre. You may need specialized equipment. Don Kamarechka, good friend of mine, love following Don. If you don't know Don, you need to go find him. He does a fabulous job at capturing light in ways that no one else does. And he uses specialized equipment and special processes. And he, he goes mad scientist a lot to try to get there. He's capturing light in different ways that needs different gear. So gear is an element. Gear is a part of the discussion. Exposure triangle, you have to know then how to use your gear so that you can get it configured properly. You can get the settings right to capture the light. That's important. Um, composition is another way that you've got to make sure you're capturing the light in the right framing, in the right way, the, the way that's most pleasing to our eyes. And that may mean different things at different time periods. Here in 2020, we have a tendency to be able to capture things in a in a little different way than they did in the 80s. <laughs> they're, they're not the same, and, and we will do it differently in the future. All of that is about capturing light to make it most pleasing to, to us today. And then post-processing is about at, at, a lot of times as you're doing working in post-processing, you're you're learning about like, man, I wish I had made a little bit different decision about how I captured the light so that I could do something different here in post-processing or I had different data available to me. The image worked a little differently as I changed this slider to do this thing. I wish I had captured it differently. And that informs us about it or knowing as you're capturing things, I can do this thing in post-processing and it's going to nail it. It's going to make it realize my creative vision. So that's how I'd end the sentence. That's what I would say is it's all about light and everything else is just kind of instruction or learning that we're doing so that we know how to capture that light. We know what to do to get the light. And the thing that ruins a photo the most, the thing that makes a photo not what we want it to be is not having good light. Having light in harsh ways, in not having enough of it, those are the things that really drag down a photo. No matter how good you are at anything else, if you don't have good light, it's a problem. It's something you can't really overcome. And so Yep, that's how I'd end the sentence. Photography is all about light. And now I'm going to teach you how to deal with the light, how to how to capture it in a compelling way. And that's that's how I, I'd, I'd answer the question today. So there's my thoughts. That's what I think about it. I'd love to hear what you think about it. So feel free to contact me. We'll have in those show notes, we'll have links or ways for you to get to us. And you'll be able to express your opinion. Tell me what it is. I'm going to share one quick dude out of the week. Um, my do that is the Samsung 860 Evo SSD, and here we are talking about gear again. But but I get questions all the time, and and people really like the doodads of the week segment part of the of every episode. So here you go. The uh, Samsung 860 Evo is an internal SSD drive, so it's meant to be connected inside your computer. You can add some enclosures to make it external, but it's an option for uh, for people who can get inside their computer and attach a drive. That's mostly Windows computers today. Macs uh, per mostly don't allow this. And uh, it's 80 bucks for a 500 gig drive or $150 for a one terabyte drive. So pretty reasonable prices there. 
And uh, I just barely released a Photo Taco podcast episode, really lengthy article about information on more than 60 hours of testing since like January 2020 that I've done, where I tell you how Lightroom performance is impacted by external drives. So if it's an SSD versus a spinning drive, what's impacted? There's four functions in Lightroom that are about like 50% faster when you have your photo stored on an SSD versus a spinning drive. You can get all the information over that episode. I'll link to in the show notes. Um, and the Samsung 860 Evo is a really good option to be able to put that in your computer, if you're Windows user in particular, and be able to like edit your photos from that drive and then move them off because 500 gig is not much storage space. Move them off to like a bigger, slower, less expensive drive for more permanent storage. Totally easy process to be able to do that. Very workable, 80 bucks, and you can buy yourself 50% more performance in Lightroom and those four functions. So it's not a bad way to go. If you're not able to put a drive inside your computer, then there's the SanDisk Extreme Portable. I've recommended this many, many times on the episode. That SSD is $90 for 500 gigs, so it's only 10 bucks more, or $160 for one terabyte. Again, only 10 bucks more, and it's really easy to add to your computer. So even if you're a Windows user and you don't want to open up your computer and, and add a drive in there, then this is a very, very good option. Did the testing with that drive in particular, and uh, and it's, it's much better to, to have your photos be on that drive while you're editing. So, all right, very quick discussion there. Uh, doodads of the week, I want to remind you, masterphotographypodcast.com is where you go for the show and our Facebook group. We'll, there'll be a link there. Uh, all the other contact information for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter will be over there in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you would end the sentence. And we'll see you again in another seven days. 